Hello, hello. This is Tracy Harrell, and welcome to Bigger Than Me. Each week, we focus on how to achieve your definition of success and happiness. On Bigger Than Me, we bring together a combination of ageless wisdom, the latest research, and engaging interviews with amazing people who are sharing their stories to help each of us achieve our full potential. Your journey to transformation begins right now. Let's do this. Hello, hello. This is Tracy Harrell, and I am so excited today. I say that every show because I really, really am excited every show. So this is the continuation. We started last, uh, last hour. We have authors from a book that we are launching on August 28th called Ignite Happiness. My name is Tracy Harrell. I am um, proud, super proud, so happy to uh, be an internationally best-selling author. We're already on track to be international bestsellers on August 28th. It's super exciting. With me today, I have uh, two authors from the book, as well as uh, Dr. Jerry Bird-Tart, who basically... I would say help me to author my own story. She kind of helped me through my happiness journey. Um, and, and she's been part of this Bigger Than Me movement since the very beginning. And so I'm going to have each of these ladies um, introduce themselves again, for those who may not have been watching. We're going to start with you, Dr. Tart, because Sarah and Stacy were, were with us for the first hour. So Dr. Tart, I'm going to ask you to Introduce yourself. Tell us where you are. We're all around the world. I'm sitting in my garden in Seattle. What'd you say the temperature is here in Seattle, Nathan? Back to chart. 95 degrees and I'm sitting outside in my garden. Okay, you know I could not be doing that in Florida, right? <laughs> where you are. So there's little humidity. I'm, I am under a little umbrella. My babies are just blooming. Did you see the daisies? Did you see the like six feet tall daisies above? This brings me happiness, people. So this show is going to be about what brings us happiness, but we're also talking about tangible, specific strategies that each of you can use in your life, moment by moment, moment, choices that you can make in your life, no matter what's happening, no matter what shenanigans are happening in your life, uh, no matter what has happened in the past. This show is about activating happiness and success. So we're going to tell you a little bit more about, first of all, who we are. Then Dr. Tarp, can you identify when you're, you're least happy, what do you do? What strategies do you employ um, as part of your intro to bring happiness into your life? Okay. Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Jerry Tart here in Orlando. And uh, uh, Tracy, it's about 90, I think it's about 90, 92 degrees here, but Oh, it is hot. It is hot. So, <laughs> there's no way that I'd be sitting out there without an umbrella or whatever. You know, this is our our hot is different from your hot. But at any rate, I am here in, in Orlando, Florida. I've been in private practice for the last 20, going into my 22nd year. I've been in the, the realm of uh, psychology or counseling for uh, more than 40 years. So this is a, a, something that I really love. I've, I've longed to do this. I had a lot of other experiences, but it all kind of boiled down to this. So to answer your question, uh, Tracy, when you said when I'm, when I'm, when I'm sad or, or when I'm not happy, what is it that I'm inclined to do? Um, 
there because when I find myself feeling that way, I have to determine what why I'm sad and where where you know what particular uh, precipitating event may have occurred that brought on this level of sadness. So, so once I identify it, then I just if the decision is well, what do I what, what why why am I what am I going to do with it? I believe in kind of leaning into it, giving myself permission to feel what I'm feeling. Okay, I feel sad. I feel sad for a particular reason because something that I loved or cared about or, or something that has happened that has been different than I anticipated. So I identify what it is and then I sit in it for whatever, but I'm praying too. I'm asking God to help me through it because I, I, I truly believe that um, he started a good work in me and he's faithful to complete it. But I also believe that whatever is happening is not, and it, it's not a, a, a surprise to him and it's for his purpose, so I'm trying to understand it. And if I've got to get up and do something that I don't want to do, like go and say to my husband, "Look, and listen, I'm really sorry for what I did or said or whatever," then it's a matter of acting on it. I mean, once I identify it, so that's number one. I identify it. I feel what I feel. I don't pretend or whatever. Then I go and make a decision about what I need to do in terms of correcting my wrong if there was a part or to restate. It may not have been that I did something wrong, but it may have been that the person may have misunderstood or or there was a, a conflict for some other reason. Because sometimes we don't we aren't centered. So I've got to understand what that is. And this is something that we talked about when I was in uh, Seattle with you some time ago when you said disconnect from the outcome. And the, the, the point is, is that when I, when I go and I share and I say what I need to say, um, if the person isn't ready to do whatever, if they aren't ready to do the work and they want to be where they are, then I've got to give permission. I've got to give them permission to be where they are. You know, I don't, and I don't own that. And I don't own that part. Um, and uh, I leave it. And then I go, I have to get, I have, I have to get to getting. I've got other stuff that I've got, to, I've got to do that's demanding. My life is, I mean, you know, in the, in the sense that God, give me another minute. Hey, let's move it. You know, well, you, you, you already know that one of my favorite sayings is keep it moving, right? Yes. Keep it moving. <laughs> and, 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 Book number three, so we have four books launching in the next six months. Ignite Happiness is launching, publishing on August 28th. Um, I'll be in another compilation book called Ignite Happiness. My solo book is called Loving the Journey and Living the Dream. And one of the things we say in the middle, I have three transformational principles, but the middle one is keep it moving. Like at the end of the day, right, to your point, you got to believe, like yeah. Tracy Stone said, you got to believe that you can be happy. You have to believe that you can achieve whatever goal you 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 want to achieve and mm -hmm. and the second step is to 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 you know identify create a plan yeah. and, and activate that plan mm -hmm. to your point and then keep it keep it moving you can't yeah. just activate it yeah. one time you have to activate it and sometimes i think what you just said is so priceless you just said sometimes once you've identified all this is priceless um we're gonna come back to you <laughs> we're gonna come back I, I wrote it all down uh because this show is it's really all about me this is how i'm creating these video diaries for people uh the books have all come from elements of this show as well. Um, so we're going to have some introductions. We're going to come back to that. All the wonderful things you just said. So, okay. Miss Sarah, we love you. Uh, I'm going to ask you the same question. Introduce yourself and tell us what do you do? What actions do you take when you're sad and or someone's getting on your nerves? And I don't know if that's language that you guys use in, in um, where you are in New Zealand, but when you're upset 
<laughs> Southern girls say when someone's getting on your nerves. Do you use that term? Yes, we totally okay. use that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot. On your last, on your last nerve, have you heard that one? <laughs> Yes. Um, so, hi. Lovely to be here with you, Tracy. My name is Sarah, and I'm a mother of two girls, six and seven. And, and um, one of the things I was just actually thinking, listening to uh, Jerry, is that when we are in a place sometimes, and I think frustration is a word that happens to me a lot, you know, whether you're having conversations with my husband or my children, and that is not necessarily something that's connected with happiness you know and what I've started to do recently is when you're in that moment like you say that pause is so essential mm -hmm. because I've started thinking you know like is this where I want to be do I want to be having these feelings of frustration with my husband or with my children and then I think what is my goal my goal is that I want to feel love and feel happiness. And so, and this is, I think, one of the hardest things for me in particular to overcome is like, well, then how do I get there? Do I keep, you know, throwing these negative comments in or do I take a step back and think, okay, this is my goal. How are we going to get there? And one of the things between particularly with my husband, because I used to love being right, you know, like there's nothing better when you can prove your point. <laughs> Women don't like being right. Smart women, especially. That is not something that we like to do. <laughs> Never. And um, for mean. me, I, I, I have to repeat over in my head, it is better to be kind than to be right. You know, nobody likes anyone that's that's right. You know, what is the ultimate goal? They're going to feel deflated if they were wrong or you've got one better. But if you are kind, that's a way that you're going to come to a solution. You know, so it sometimes means, OK, like admitting you were wrong, admitting maybe. But how can we resolve this? And also with my children, I, I was telling you this the other day. You know, one of the things that I, I have learned that shouting does not work with children, you know, getting louder and saying, do this and you're getting frustrated and, you know, the room's in a mess and you want them to tidy up and that doesn't work. My goal, I have to think, what is my goal? My goal is I want them to tidy up and ultimately to enjoy it. So I've come up with new strategies of saying like, okay, how can I get them there? So think like a kid, kids like to have fun. So now I found different techniques. So I'll say, okay, who wants to play the tidy up game? And we turn on the music and we have a little like dance and we do it. And at the end of it, they want to carry on tidying up, you know, mm -hmm. and, and this is what you I've learned. Send them into the kitchen and say, who wants to wash dishes? <laughs> That's what I should have thought. But I, that, you know. that is so cool. So, yeah, I, I, I think that. it's very hard to do that moment pause and think, what do I ultimately want? How can I turn the situation so that everybody involved is happy with the solution? I, I, I love that so much. Again, so much there we're going to come back to. So thank you very much for that. Miss Stacy. how are hey. you? So we're going to have you also do another introduction. And the question is, what do you do when you're sad? You mentioned, you know, in the last show that you, you, you used to suffer from anxiety. At one point in a prior show, you talked about you were even, you and others have said, you know, you've thought about suicide even. And now you're a happiness, you know, coach and a happiness author. How did happiness you make that hacker. Happiness hacker. So what do you do when you're sad or frustrated? Um, what do you do? 
Thanks for having me again. I am Stacy Seller. I have um, a website called Happier by the Minute, and I help moms and families and pretty much anybody that's looking for some happiness hacks, you can find me. So what do I do? I think um, I think Sarah made a really good point, you know, because I think so many times we would rather be right than be happy. And so the and, and we've talked a lot on here about the pause. And that is the moment. And it takes practice because you're not going to just listen to this one show and then all of a sudden be like, oh, now every time I get upset, I'm going to be able to say, um, uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to find a better solution that we're all kind and happy. But you have to really practice at it and then have someone hold you accountable. Tell your partner, OK, listen, when I start to get mean, you know, your job is to just say, you know, I don't namaste, like have some code word or something. And, uh, you know, I must stay, you must go, something like that. <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, find some kind of code word that gets you guys out of the rut. But, um, but I think it is just that stopping and getting curious. The way I climbed out of my hole is one step at a time. And through therapy, through, you know, following some of the best motivational speakers, you know, doing the Anthony Robbins tapes and just really just building scaffolding up the skills to be able to not go so deep into tough times. It doesn't mean I don't have them. I definitely do. Um, and and when I have them, I, I sit in it for a little bit. You know, when I get really upset is when I feel like I'm not in control or I am not being true to myself, but I'd say, I'd say being out of control, either with like the situation with my child feels out of control or my decisions are feeling out of control and I just need to sit. And then I just keep thinking of the word allow, just allow, allow it to unfold, allow, 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 don't try to over control a situation that feels out of control and then just sink back in. And if I can possibly step away to meditate um, if I'm really frustrated and I can't, you know, get myself talked off the ledge with a child, I'll trade, you know, and I'll tell my husband, like, take over. I need a minute to not to just calm down all the, you know, hormones that are going crazy. So, you know, there's a lot of little tactics that you can use. But the key is you don't have to stay in that space and don't react from that space. I, I love that. I love that so much. I am so excited about this book, Ignite Happiness. Um, Stacey, you wrote what we would consider like a little pre-forward to the book, Ignite Happiness. And um, we didn't um, talk about JB. So I'm going to have um, Nathan get the video ready. We're going to show a little video from JB. But one thing I'm going to do, I'm going to do my own personal introduction and talk about my action step because uh, all of you talked about pause. And, I, and my, my story is... Um, it's so it's so interesting that um, this it, it wrote itself. <laughs> Let me just say that this story wrote itself. It's really uh, one chapter in a book with again everyone else writing their chapters. And so I'd already written so much more. I've written like four or five books, uh, and this was like a chapter. So these these are easy being able to kind of slip these in here, uh, align with the, the theme. But my my story is called the power and joy in our bigger than me moments in our bigger than me moments. And by definition, a bigger than me moment can mean a number of different things, but they, they do include a pause. 
right? They always include like a moment, like a break. And anyone knows me, I am a keep it moving kind of girl, right? I may or may not ever pause, right? Mm -hmm. But what I've learned is the importance of that pause, especially when, you know, when you think about connecting with other people, right? What what I love most about my uh, tip when I'm upset, it really is about recognizing that it is a bigger than me moment. Like if there's someone else there, I think Sarah, to each of you mentioned this concept of it's better to, to be kind than to be right. For example, not that I'm always right because I'm definitely not, I have many, many an issue. Um, but if some, if you're upset and there's someone else involved in that particular situation, you know, tapping into, I call it tapping into your core values. So a bigger than me moment is you being true to yourself first and foremost, and then recognizing, identifying if, if there's a way for you to make those around you um, uh, happy, peaceful, joyful. And, and you do sometimes, Dr. Tart, have to disconnect from the outcome, right? I mean, I, I love that you mentioned that. Deepak Chopra is basically my... Uh, godfather of sanity. Um, I read his book probably 10 years ago for the first time. It's called The Seven Laws of Spiritual Success by Deepak Chopra. And one of the laws is around detaching from the outcome. But one of the, that's maybe law five or six or something like that. And there's seven laws. Um, Law number one talks about tapping into the, you know, infinite possibilities of the universe. So basically it's really that concept of believing that we all can be happy. We all deserve happiness. So we're going to spend a couple minutes talking about that real quick, and then we'll go back into these strategies. But assuming we all deserve happiness, what does that mean or feel like to you, Miss Stacy? Like, how, how do you get people to believe that? I know in your in your exercise, you wrote some things like, "I am worthy. I am enough." Yeah. How do we, get I mean, people, I... how do we convince people that they are worthy of happiness? That is a really hard one. And that's just why, honestly, I teach and support and coach positive psychology and conscious parenting, because I think our job, you know, the word parenting didn't come into play until 1958. It wasn't even a real word. It wasn't a verb. So we have taken on this job of parenting and then created it into something really really in ineffective in a lot of ways where what we really need to be is protectors um, of these perfect beings that are born and not have an agenda about who they're supposed to be and what they're supposed to look like and how it's supposed to unfold. Um, but I think what happens for most of us as we grow up in a socially conditioned uh, cultures and societies and homes and religions and we get layered on and layered on and layered on and we forget that we are these perfect beings we forget that we came here enough you don't have to earn it you don't have to prove it um, you don't have to you know, there's there's no amount of money no house no relationship there's nothing outside of yourself that will identify you as enough. You just are born it. And so I think it is so important to get to parents so that we can protect the children from becoming um, just covered by um, things that just falsities. Mm. Mm. I love that. Dr. Tart, as a clinical therapist, this concept of people believing that they deserve happiness that they are enough. There's someone watching and they're like, ooh, 
ignite happiness. That that's great. That that's for someone else. Let's see what let's see what I like Tracy. She's she's always pretty happy. Let's see what she has to say. I'm sure that's good for her, but not not good for me. Like, how do you turn someone's mind around? I I, I just want to compliment, celebrate, uh, Stacy. I, I just so appreciate what you just said as it relates to parenting. If I may, just give me a half a second to just totally. Oh, I'll allow it. Uh, that <laughs> I saw with my son today. My four-year-old grandson was they we were waiting to leave and we were the last one to leave church. But at any rate, he was talking to me and Tra- Trevor had gone over and he done had done something and his big brother had gotten up and gone and gone to hide from him because he didn't want to be bothered. But at any rate, uh Tyler pulled him over and he said, Okay, so uh what happened? And what I loved about what you just said, uh, uh Stacy, is that as he as he stood there, Trevor's looking up at him and he bends down and he's talking to him. I can't hear him or whatever. Um, so he said, so if, if it, if so that you won't get in trouble. So, so you didn't like what has just happened. You know, he's asking him questions and he's saying, no, he didn't like what happened. He says, so, okay, so that I won't have to get involved in whatever this dynamic is that you just, just happened. Just stand right here. But when he came back and we were talking, I said, were you parenting him the way that you, wanted to be parent that you wanted us to have parented you and he says yes i was so right on stacy just you are just on point and with that being said he says if it were that he had fallen or whatever he's already experienced the trauma i don't yes. need to add to that i need to protect him thank you girlfriend I need well and there's no him. judgment no there's judgment no. on you jerry either though because you learned what you learned from your parents you know i just feel so grateful that we're in a time where wisdom and teaching is so rampant and people yes. have it it's so accessible so you know there's there's no judgment on on well, parenting but, of the past but to see that to see that yeah. because to, I, I said all of thank you but i said all that tracy to come back around to what it is that you're just yeah. asking because there are times uh stacy where we do feel that sense of judgment so what what i have to ask my clients is what's real what's 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 real right now who are you right now and that may be very hard for them to identify and you were asking me early on about a particular author one author that i really really love is gerald jampolsky and he, he wrote this book called Love is Letting Go of Fear. And his contention is that all fear is in the past. And if we can put it in the past, all we have left is love. In the moment, we have love. So if we can find that, if we can believe that, so beginning to recognize that if this isn't what I want, what do I want? I want happiness. Well, where do we find happiness? We find happiness in love, don't we? Those things that we love, those things that we want, those things that we say that we cherish, that we value, that core piece that you were talking about, Tracy, that that core part of us. So if we can touch base with that, my contention is that um, a repeated behavior is repeated because of emotional investments. So if we can understand where is our investment, and if that investment is connected to fear, as the other Tracy was saying, then we are inclined to pull away from it. But if we can recognize that if that fear is not something that 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 we've created, or even if it is, if we can believe that we can let go of that and all we have left is love, then we can start from there. So it's, it's, it's attempting to try to help the client get back to what's real. What's real, what brought you here today? 
That's the first question that I normally ask all of my clients. So why is it that you're in therapy today? Okay, what, what is it? What's the, what was the mitigating circumstance that brought you here today? So when why we now? start there, when we, we, when we start there, we can begin to, to peel back the onion as it were. And what we are looking for is that sense of connect, connectivity, but connectivity to ourselves, feeling that sense of love rather than fear, anger, resentment, bitterness. We're looking for happiness. They're looking for happiness. And that, that's actually core to one of the things that I actually write in the book because a part of my story is um, I'm kind of looking at my um, Ignite Happiness action steps. But I actually say, you know, like basically happiness around you. It's like the air that we breathe. Yeah. Right. You can't see it, but it's there for you. Pause and just take it in. Simply focus on the positive. Embrace the joy. Right. Let it wash over you. And if we can believe that happiness really is there for us, therefore the taking and we're going to do we're going to fight i hate to use this i think i say this somewhere somewhere in the book as well we will fight mm -hmm. for that joy we'll fight for that peace we will do everything it takes so which means in those moments those bigger than me moments when we get to choose how we respond to someone else we get to choose how we respond in that situation and i can tell you dr Tuck, we had you on the mother's day um, edition of this show you and two of your sons, they love, 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 love and adore you. And I know Stacy talks about parenting and Sarah talks about parenting. Can you summarize for us? I think you had a couple tips of um, how did you parent happily? Because I know you went through a divorce mm -hmm. and you had some tragedy in your life as well. Yes. Yet you made choices and you, you, you kind of set some some parameters for your kids, which makes them amazing parents as well. Can you tell us a real quick about uh, being a happy parent, especially in the middle of, you know, Seattle was just told that their kids aren't going back to school and we got to give our parents some new tools and resources. So what would you share with people? What did, what did you do? One of the things I think I can remember, there were three things, if memory serves, it was first, we have to do clarity. You know, clarification is so important, isn't it? So, so, so we clar clarify um, I'm trying to think of the three, but I, I do remember that that was one. After the divorce and going through whatever it is that life threw at you and you have to work and you got to do what you got to do. So, hey, you roll up your sleeves and you step into it. You got to do what you got to do. But it's it's okay. So so then after, after we clarify, we've got to be accountable. We've got to be accountable for what it is that we've, we, we've said. Okay, so we have to clarify whatever, whatever those, whenever, I, sometimes they would get, because they were in middle school and they would get to the house before I got to the house. So there were certain things that they needed to do because when I got home, it was one, two, three. Okay, you know, you get, you get, your, you get your stuff together, you get in and you get your dinner t together and yada, 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 they've got homework to do. So then you've got to have follow through. You've got to clarify, you got to be accountable and there must be follow through. They've got to see that you're committed to wherever, whatever it is that you said. And yet there were some, I'm, I'm not going to even say slip ups. There were some big boo-boos, <laughs> big old boo-boos, okay? But then being accountable, going back there again, being accountable and saying, okay, but mom, you said, but mom, you did. And that, okay, you're, so you're right. But then there was a way in which it is that you had to say, don't step to me in a way that you don't want me to talk to you. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that was one thing that Ansley particularly taught me that that was, that's one of the twins. And he, he helped me to understand that the, what I was saying to him wasn't what 
I wanted him to say to me, the manner in which it is. So, so, so being open to understand that, you know, we aren't perfect here, but there's some things that you have to do and, 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 and clarifying, I mean, I'm sorry, articulating and clarifying and always having follow through. That part was really, those, those were at least the three of the things that I'm thinking of right now. And I know that they, they employ those things now when I see them in their parenting with their parenting styles. And I so I appreciate that. my daughter-in-laws because they couldn't have, oh, they're just such a help me for them. Oh Lord, I love them. But go ahead, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I don't have children. My, my, my plants right here, my plants are my babies. Like right there, they're, um, I mean, they're everywhere. I can't, I can't even, I'm so excited. So I, I plant them from bulbs and they grow year over year. And it's, um, it's a nurturing situation for me. And I, and I only say this because, um, it's hard. I knew it was hard from the beginning. I had nieces and nephews and, you know, godchildren. I have, I don't have, honestly, it just wasn't, I knew that there was a number of other things that I was going to birth in life. Um, books and movements and, and, and things of that sort. It just was not something that I knew that I could do. Did I contribute in my, in my, in the lives of others? I believe so. Uh, yeah. Proud to say yes. Um, but, you know, one of the things, again, I want to add another little follow-up on the parenting thing. That's not the focus of this show, but again, school's coming back in, and we got a lot of, you know, uh, students that are going to be working from home or students studying from home while the parents are working from home, and so we're going to continue this a little bit longer. So one of the things, Dr. Tart, I remember you saying, and, and I've heard from other shows and other parents that I've interviewed, is this, and actually what I love about this is when I interview the kids, and I ask the kids what did they like best about their parents like what was most valuable your kids said this two or three of the other kids that I've had on with their you know parents have said this these are grown grown children one was like a teenager she said the same thing the manner in which my parents speaks to me um, was always respectful they treated me like a human being respectful so I heard you say you know you don't want to talk to kids any I'll just go Southern any kind of way, right? right. You, you don't want to talk to them, you know, in anger, you know, you know, like cho cho choosing um, a different methodology yes. um, is really important. Sarah, I know I love your little cleanup game. So what happens if they didn't do what you said? What happens if they don't want to clean up? Like, how do you discipline your children? I'm going to ask all of you this question, but how do you discipline your children? Or how do you, I love what you said, get them to do what you want in a loving, kind way. Um, in happiness and in joy, right? You, you, did you mention that in this show or the last show about the, the cleanup game? Maybe that this, was the last, this, this, last this one now. Was it this, this one? Now. Okay, perfect. So, so, so tell me um, what strategies do you, would you share with others, parents, uh, others who are living in multi-generational households about youth and what to do when they're not behaving the way you think they should? Um, this is, this has been such a learning curve for me, you know, and I think it's all those habits of the way your parents were. And so you, you subconsciously just start to emulate and do things and then things just don't necessarily work in the way you expect them. And I think mm. it comes back to when I heard Tony Robbins, you know, this blueprint, we have this blueprint for life that we don't even realize of what our expectations are of how everything will look and how it will act out, you know, before kids, you know, I had pictures of these two easy breezy kids that would just always do, you know, what I wanted and it'll be fabulous. Of course, it doesn't quite materialize like that. Um, 
so then you have to I was like I have to relearn better strategies of how to handle my reactions of how to negotiate together um but also realizing that maybe what I want isn't necessarily what they want you know and I'm not the person obviously my their safety is in and their health is paramount to me. But what I realized is actually we can negotiate this. They're little adults and I can sit down and talk to them and say, okay, what are we going to do in this situation? What would you like? And my youngest tends to uh, throw a lot of tantrums, you know, and, and I just was like, I, I don't really know how to do. And I, and I came and I said to her, what should I do when she was calm? You know, what should I do with you when you're like this? And she said to me, I just want you to hug me, mum. I just want a hug. She didn't want any words because she herself was trying to deal with it internally you know, and she's still very young, but she said, mom, I just want you to hug me. It makes me feel better. And, and that, and I realized, you know, like, man, I'm so glad I asked her. I'm so glad that, that I took that chance to find out. And and since doing then, we, I've realized that working with someone is so much better than trying to inflict your ideas and your way um, to the solution. Wow. So are you showing everyone with the tears that are flowing from our eyes right now, <laughs> Nathan? We're, I can hear Dr. Turk saying, that's so cute. Oh my goodness. That is so awesome. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. That, that is lovely. Miss um, Stacy, you're nodding yeah. your head as well. I know you teach parenting as well. And you also teach parenting of um, special needs kids, which, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, you gave some, some great strategies. On what to do, what, what I, real quick, one, one of the things I heard her say, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you about this as well. One of the things you said, Sarah, was you have to learn better strategies on how you respond to them. You're not necessarily, and, and Sarah and, and Stacey, I think I heard you say, nine times out of 10, you're not teaching others how to parent. You're teaching the, the parents how to be better. You're not teaching the parents how to inflict their will on their kids. You're teaching, yeah. teaching the parents how to be better parents. How to be better responders. Responders, there you, know? you go. I mean, honestly, this isn't about strategies to get them to do what it is that you want them to do um, just because you want them to do it. You know, this is perfect. I just had this situation this morning. There's four of us. I have a six-year-old and a nine-year-old. My nine-year-old has ADHD. So he has impulse control. He has... Um, Things feel bigger to him than other people. He has a, his first response to everything is no, no, I don't want to go. No, I don't want to do it. No. Um, So we were all cleaning my younger son, my husband and I, we were cleaning the house and we were saying, whatever, you guys can pick a room, you can pick making the beds, you can pick whatever you want. And my older one said, you know, I'm not going to do anything and fine. We didn't do anything. And I understand that we all want our children to help clean the house and be citizens of, you know, learn how to be good citizens, but I have to do it in his way. So he's intrinsically motivated. That's I'm teaching him how to be a human being for the rest of his life, not just to get the kitchen cleaned, right? Like everything to me, like when you said, how do you discipline your children to Sarah? Like we don't believe in discipline, right? We believe in coaching our children. Everything is a learning opportunity. I have never put my children into timeout because to excommunicate them for something that they did wrong does not help them learn 
what they did wrong, and then how to recover from making a mistake. Like my job in that moment is teaching them how to recover from whatever it is that they just did. Um, and so this morning we were all cleaning and um, my, and, you know, giving a lot of praise and attention to the younger one because he was so quick to say, yes, I'm happy to do it. I'm happy to do it. Um, we spend a lot of time love bombing on the good stuff, you know, to really try to lock in those, those neural pathways when things are going well. Um, anyway, long story short, uh, Dashiell said, he just came as I was cleaning and he said, I'm bad. And I said, no, you're not bad. Tell me why you think you're bad. He goes, I'm not helping and I said, well, you're never bad, but if you're feeling bad about a behavior or not helping, we can recover from that. You know, and usually when you feel bad, it means that you want to change something, you know, that you want to do something differently. And you always have the opportunity to do something differently. And he said, can you help me clean the bathroom? And I said, yeah, totally. So then we went in and we cleaned the bathroom together and um, and it was really great. You know, did he clean the whole house? No, it's baby steps. You know, I think we have to be really careful with, yes, I want him to do chores. Yes, I want him to contribute, but I have to not um, overcomp, like, like uh, have over expectations of where he's at, what he can do. Um, and I don't want him to do it just because it, we're demanding it. He'll get there. He always does. He always does. Okay, ladies, I'm choking up a little bit because <laughs> I am so loving this. I'm taking tons of notes. I was like, oh my God, I love that one too. These are amazing, 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 amazing tips. I hope people are really, really sucking this up. Dr. Tart, coming back yeah. to you. Yeah. Now we're going to move away from the concept of children. And Sarah, you told a hilarious story about your husband. So we're going to talk about mates. We're going to talk about happiness, um, happiness and success when it comes to uh, relationships and connecting with our men folk <laughs> or the, the person that might be in your household of another adult persuasion, right? It doesn't really matter who they are, what the relationship is. Um, but let's just assume that they're your significant other, right? Dr. Tart, one of the things we talk about is choices responding and um, I heard disconnecting from the outcome where we know that to be true and then expectations those are the four words I kind of like to get your thoughts about any of them any of them that, that kind of come to mind that you choose ladies this is kind of how we're going to end can you believe you have 17 minutes left so this concept of expectations sometimes they're too high um, the concept of again our response to a situation and how to best connect say you want a certain outcome from your mates Mm -hmm. um, and they're not there, they're not ready, et cetera. What are your thoughts um, about how do we, what words of wisdom can we share in this, as it relates to ignite happiness and igniting possibilities, meaning this yeah. can be a happy household if you don't have one. You mm -hmm. can be happy even with a crazy person in your house because you decide how you respond to that crazy, right? Mm -hmm. So Dr. Tart, what are your thoughts? I, my thought is that I, knowing, um, finding the moment, you know, outside of a crisis is a teachable moment. In a crisis is not a teachable moment. So outside of that crisis, uh, understand first and foremost, what's your expectation? Um, and is that expect expectation clearly identified? You know, once upon a time, you guys may have agreed upon the same thing, but you may have been in a, you may have grown to be in a different space. But 
clarify where you're going. What's your thought? We can't read each other's minds in spite of what we, may, we might say. And then understand, how critical is it? I have to use uh, Sarah. Do I want to be right or do I want to be kind? Okay, so you go back. How, how serious is it to restate what that uh, what what may have been said once upon a time in terms of that expectation and what where's the value where how does it bring value not only to the individual's lives but into the life to the life of the cup uh, to the life of the relationship how valuable is this thing this expectation that you may have once upon a, both agreed upon how valuable is it to to the relationship and then and then if someone has made a conscious decision to change okay what's the rule? Help me to understand what the rule is. If you've changed your mind and you have the right to change your mind, right? If you've changed your mind, so without blaming or being condescending or whatever, can you help me to understand what the change is? So I, if, if and then, um, and first and first and foremost, what's the, what's the, um, what's the end goal? Is the end goal to be happy? You want to find that happiness. You want to find that thing to bring you back to that place of love then what is that? What does that look like? And listen, listen to where the other person is coming from because outside of that relationship, when you were first getting to know that person, oh my goodness, this is the best thing since sliced bread. Now that you've lived with them for a minute and a half, oh my goodness, why did I do this? Anyway, so we're now wanting to find out how do we make this work? How do we make this work? And and I think, um, I don't know, uh, Sarah, you may have said something about the uh, about having a buzzword or whatever. My husband and I have this phrase, this isn't fun anymore. And that means <laughs> we're going to have to go to our separate corners. And more than likely, I'm going to be writing a letter. And he might, he used to, back in the day, he used to write a letter too. But then we'll come together and we're going to talk about what that thing is because we want to make this work. See, because sometimes, sometimes in the relationship, somebody has said, mm, this isn't worth it anymore. And we don't need to be unkind to other people simply because we've changed our mind. If you change your mind, let's be transparent. Let's truly be trans. What's your, what's, what's your truth? Can you share with that with me? Because I know that you have an investment in it if that's your truth. And that may not be where I am. Will it hurt? Probably, but I'll get over it. You know, you'll get over it. We'll move. So let's be, you know, you see what I'm trying, where I'm going with that. You can so give, give permission to understand that there is an expectation and it may have shifted. So how do we get back on that? There was so much there. There was so much there. The first thing I heard you say, ladies, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of roll back to this. Find a moment outside of crisis. Yes, ma'am. Uh, to, to, mm -hmm. to 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 determine, uh, identify a teachable moment when you're mm -hmm. in crisis. When there's some conflict, when you want something and they're not doing it, that is not the time to tell them why they should and how they should to get to some understanding. <laughs> so so I gotta so I gotta roll back. So as I understand, finding the teachable moment, and now you're talking to the teachable moment. Give me back to that moment. Give me back to that 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 we're now butting heads. Mm -hmm. We got 13 minutes left in this show. We're gonna talk about what strategy. And I love what you just said. Everything that everyone said is is amazing about the same strategies. The same strategies you just mentioned <laughs> for the kids. You can apply for the mates too. Absolutely. <laughs> That's just a little tip. Okay. Honey's in there. I'm just saying. <laughs> Do we agree? Does anybody? <laughs> okay. So we now know what strategies to leverage. And you guys, ladies, you you've, you've shared some amazing strategies. I love it. So now we're going to talk about a, a a a moment in the moment. Mm -hmm. I know. I don't know if the. I'm sorry. I'm laughing. My little tears of <laughs> laughter here. Um, so there's conflict. 
Dr. Yes. Turner, hedge yes. a button. Yep. You, it's not a teachable moment. Nope. nope. Sarah already said, do you want to be right or do you want to be nice? Yes. I've heard, I heard, I've heard um, Stacy talk mm-hmm. about, you know what? Meet them where they are. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Same strategies you apply to your kids. You can apply to your mates. Right. We we, we all agree to that. So so let's talk a little bit more about what we're going to do in the moment. So now now someone these are all great practices, but they're practices. These are things you guys have learned to do. Let's get someone in a new head mindset in our last 12 minutes around how are they going to think different in the moment? There's a lot of uh, I mean, I heard someone say that that that, that suicides are up 25 percent. Right. Yeah. I've heard that divorces are up, divorce divorces are up, like these things are happening. Like eighty five percent. Eighty five percent. Come on, people. Yeah, I just I made what... that up. I just made it up, but yeah, it feels yeah. like <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> stuck <laughs> in the house. <laughs> Help me, yeah. Jesus. So let's talk about that. In a moment, ladies, let's go two 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 minutes, Dr. Tart. In a moment, friction with the person you want. You, 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 when, when you're in the crisis, when you're in, once you recognize, once you identify that there's a crisis, somebody has to stop. You've got to stop. You can't keep mm-hmm. rolling because if you keep rolling, it's going to keep escalating. So you have to stop. You have Did to you just say back. de-escalation strategies? We're talking yeah, de-escalation yeah. strategies. I yeah. love that. Okay. So you got, you have to stop. You got to think about what you're thinking about. Mm-hmm. You got to think about what you're thinking about. You have to stop. And if you're really angry or whatever, go to just move. Somebody's going to have to go to another room. Somebody's going to have to do the universal sign and throw up the hand and say, stop, you know? I got, you know. Oh, I'm totally using this isn't fun anymore. I am using that. Right? I I wrote that one down. There you go. You got to say the words. Okay. What do you call those? Those are safe words. Those yeah, are the yeah. transition words. Those are your safe words. And there you go. So we're saying identify some safe words like yes. this isn't yes. fun anymore. Right? And then you, you got to book. Stop. Distance. You may have to put some distance. May You may have to put some distance. Okay. Get, but then before you do that, one of the things that is most, um, I think, um, unkind is when somebody turn their back on someone else and walk away and don't say anything. I think that yes. that is, that can be so mean in my yes. opinion, because you feel so devalued. So then be able to say, look, I'll, let's, let's do this in 30 minutes because right now I'm too full or whatever, whatever it is. I've already given you the safe word. This isn't fun anymore. So let me go and find some fun. Let me go and do something. Find out. Let me go pray. Let me go pray. Uh, the bathroom is not safe place. You know, I, I need like Jesus. <laughs> okay. But then, so we got... So ladies, we're going to build our, our, our de-escalation strategy. Stop, pause. We all agree there's a stop or there's a pause. Yes. We yes, said sir. there's maybe some safe words, right? Something that's loving, right? Yes. Meaning, I love spending time with you, but right now this isn't fun anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know how much I love you, but this isn't fun anymore. So basically it's positive psychology as well, right? Okay. So find some safe words. Mm-hmm. Um, then you said you can, um, yeah, I think I put clarify your intent, right? Okay. So that's kind of like, I'm, you know, this isn't, this I isn't need- fun anymore. I need a little distance. I'm going to go find Jesus. I'm going to spend some time in my prayer closet. I need it. I need it. You know, closet. I need, I need something, right? I need so, a prayer closet. I need a prayer closet. You do need a prayer closet. Okay. So, so thank you, Dr. Tart. We're going to build these, build these out. Stacey, what are your thoughts around de-escalation strategy in the middle of the moment with a Look. spouse or loved one, an adult? Uh, what are your thoughts? Throw a glass of water in their face. It always works. No, I'm only kidding. Look, I can't, you can't top what Dr. Tart said. So honestly, 
Uh, honestly, so, um, but I, my, my little tip would be, again, I've said it before, build your boat before you get in the storm. There you, you go. You know, one yeah. of the things, you know, build the relationship outside of the storm, but also it is so, 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 so critical to know what stories you come to the table with, what beliefs you come to the table with. A lot of our reactions to our partners are based on what we've learned from watching our parents' relationship. And we need to know that coming in because that, you know, that may, it's not the same situation. It's not the same, you know, partners, not the same children. So just know what you're coming to the table with, know what your triggers are and why, and that really you, they usually aren't about your partner. Mm. It's never about the dishes. I, 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 I heard Dr. Tarsi, I agree. Know what your triggers are and it's never about them. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I, mean, I, think, I think it's important to admit that too, right? Yes, so, and, and, yes. and, if, and, if, and if outside of the, the, the heated moment. If you you know you're investing time in building your boat, I think those two things are important. I heard Dr. Tart and Stacy both say how important it is to build your boat before the storm, storm, right? To find a, a a teachable moment, a point of connection, uh, establish some agreements outside of the moment of contention, right? Igniting happiness really is about choosing joy in that moment. Somebody has to step away, and it might as well be you. Might as well be you, right? Miss Sarah, what are your de-escalation strategies with your mate? You told me some really interesting things about him. And one of them was like, um, you know, uh, like kind of acknowledging where they are, accepting them for where they are. Yes, absolutely. You know, this is it's a whole journey, all a process learning mm-hmm. that sometimes we can want to change people. But, you know, you can't. You can only they can only do or be the kind of person they want to be when they are ready to be that kind of person. Um, But actually, funny enough, listening to you and talking about strategies with kids and partners. And one of the strategies I do with my kids when they're like really angry is that I make a joke and I do and I'm like super silly and they (laughs) laugh and they completely forget what they were angry about. And I just realized listening to you, I was like, you know what? I could apply this with my husband too. You know, like it's not always easy, but in that moment, if you're able to make them laugh, you know, talk about that funny <laughs> incident that happened. It just changes the whole energy and the atmosphere of everything. Um, and yes. I just thought, this is what I'm going to try in future. It's so okay, important ladies. to know before, though, because if you are more interested in being right with your spouse, a lot of times we go into those little challenges and we have them because we want to be right instead of happy. So, you know, when I think about, oh, I could make a joke, I'm like, mm, I'd rather be right than make a joke. <laughs> We've already decided. We've already decided coming into this now where we're leaving this show and no one's going to try to be right. We've already decided it's better to be Mm. kind than right, right? We've we've already said that. It's better to be happy than to be right, right? I think it was, um, is it Wayne Dyer who says one of the the, the four or five words, five words I think that he says is, he said that saved his marriage, you are right about that. That idea. There right. You You're right about that, dear. Okay. Whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. He said that that is his recommendation for, you know, a strategy around de-escalation, around happiness. How do we ignite happiness in any moment? I love this. So Jerry Sarah, has one more thought. Jerry has I one did, more thought. 
because I was thinking in terms of uh, confined spaces, let's just say you yes. have a, a, a conflict, conflicted moment and you're in a confined space, whether you're in a car and that's not uh, safe and whatever. So that's a good time to stop or that's, to, uh, uh, Sarah, when you said uh, do something silly or to make a joke or whatever, um, but saying, you know, we need to talk about this, but because we're driving and you're going 60 miles an hour, let's, let's kind of pull it down, but let's talk about it later you are right about that. Thank you, uh, Trace. Mm -hmm. But you, you, consider that. Consider where you are. It, it's different if you're at home or you're in a place where you can you can literally move away from each other. But when right. you're in a confined That's space, great. and even when children are home and those kinds of things, and you're trying to uh, keep it civil, as it were, then um, give yourself permission to just say, okay, let's let's kind of do this a little bit differently. This does need to be talked about, but this isn't the time. Can we agree on that? Because you're right about that. Just agree if that's what you have to do until you can get to a place where you can really talk about it. Go ahead, Trace. That's, that's I, 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 I so love that 100%. And I love what you just said about depending on the moment. And 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 Nathan, you're going to tell me if this is, if I'm not allowed to say this on the radio, but uh, two minutes left. So one of the things that I do with my honey, I'm going to say it and then you can, you know, the FCC can find me or something. Um, so one of the things that I do with my honey, and I don't talk about myself a lot, he's going to hate that I'm going to share this, but if I can't think of something funny, we're having a little intention, I promise I'm not going to say any bad words. <laughs> but what you can do, right? And you say, hey, I got, I got, you know, right? Just make it, that's funny, right? I mean, you know, right? Hey, I can't say that either. <laughs> you can't? <laughs> Say the joke. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We're well, oh, no, at least you didn't people. do it. Oh, I can't say that word. <gasps> Who knew? Okay. Well, thank well, you. Well, Jerry, Nathan. I want you to report back next week as to whether that worked for you or not. <laughs> okay. I'll let you know. Oh, I think it worked. So, no, wait a minute. So I'm gonna I'm gonna re I'm gonna redo the strategy. So we said. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have you guys in with that the last couple words so we had de-escalation strategies when there's some heat we're saying stop pause find some safe words build your boat before you know the storm yeah. right so make sure you have some conversations in advance um put some distance in between if you need to have some fun with it right ladies make a joke do something funny right okay. and then um any other thoughts any other thoughts ladies i'll start with you stacy one word Peace. Thank How you. How do you find peace? Thank you very much. Sarah, <laughs> I don't know words? Yeah, that's it. Seconds, Compassion. Compassion. Uh, Jerry Bertart, any love, kind of words? Love, 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 love. And I would say peace, ignite happiness. Ignite happiness in your life. Life. It's about choice. It's about okay. selection. It's about choosing happiness, choosing being nice over being right. This is Tracy Harrell. It's bigger than me, baby. <laughs>